Aloha, I'm Chad Ford, and this is Rafael Barlow, and you are listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's the night of the draft. Here we go. All right. Again, I'm Chad Ford. This is Rafael Barlow. We just hosted the Locked On Live draft show. We've been going for like six straight six hours. hours. We're yeah. tired. It's late at night. It's like 1.15 a.m. here, but we want to do some draft grades. And so we're going to do Eastern Conference in this podcast, and then we'll have a second podcast that will do Western Conference. You can also go over to my website, nbabigboard.com, and read about all of the draft grades as well as my draft winners and losers and live commentary that happened throughout the draft on draft night. But Raphael and, I, Raphael and I sat through this whole thing. We're going to start with the Eastern Conference, uh, of course, because you start with the Detroit Pistons. And the Detroit Pistons in this draft get Cade Cunningham, which we, I think, all sort of knew that they would get. Isaiah Livers at 42, Luke Garza at 52. And so let's start with what your draft grade is for the Detroit Pistons with Cade Cunningham, Isaiah Livers, and uh, Luca Garza. I mean, they have the easiest choice with, with, with Kate. So I'd give them an A. I thought um, Garza was interesting there. It, it seems like last year they took Isaiah Stewart, who many people thought was a non-traditional center, and he worked out for them. Garza is, I mean, he's the epitome of a, a throwback, a throwback five. Do you think he makes the team? Garza? Yeah. I, I wonder with Isaiah Stewart there. Whether he Okafor, four is Okafor still there? Yeah, it makes me wonder a little bit whether whether he makes the team or not. You know, the interesting thing. Look, they they got Kate Cunningham. They got right. the number one guy on my board. Was he number one on yours? Yep, he was number one on your board. And I think sometimes we can get cute about this and not give them a great grade because maybe they didn't do something else special in the draft. But they got the they got the best player in the draft. I give them an A. Yeah, I give them an A also. But, but. One of my critiques of Detroit is their young core isn't very athletic. Cade Cunningham, Isaiah Livers, can't really say that about him. Luca Garza, maybe the worst athlete in the draft. Sadiq Bay. Yeah, yeah. You know, Sadiq Bay, Killian Hayes, Isaiah Stewart. You know, at some point in their young core, I know they have some other athletes on there, but on, in their young core, they're going to have to be add some athletes uh, in my yeah. mind. And so that that's the only thing that I could see, especially because there were some athletes available for Detroit in the second round, uh, why they didn't necessarily go that direction. Um, I don't really care about their second round picks when you get Cade Cunningham that much. I mean, that's that that's the prize here. And so, uh, again, they get an A for me. But they still have the least athletic draft. They, they, Off they, the top of my head, it was. They probably have the least athletic draft yeah. of everybody. All right, let's go to the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, who have the uh, third pick in the draft, and they select Evan Mobley. Uh, I think that their only pick that they had uh, in this draft. What did you think about Evan Mobley for three for Cleveland? It's it's an A. <laughs> it's like, it's an A. It, this was if Cade was the easiest choice, then this was the second easiest choice because they didn't really have to choose between. Jalen Green and Evan Mobley. One of them was going to fall in their lap, and it happened to be Evan Mobley. So I give it an A. Okay, he gives Evan Mobley uh, an A. Uh, I I also give them an A. I think he has the highest upside of anybody in this draft, and he falls to three. He wasn't number one on my board, but he was number two on my board. And in my opinion, this was a very close 
call between mm-hmm. one and two. I know there's some people that are concerned about that fit with Jared Allen in the front court. I'm not that concerned. I think Mobley's more of a four anyway. I yeah. think they can fit Jared Allen also facing free agency and maybe maybe some big offers that Cleveland doesn't want to match. You worried at all about the fit with Evan Mobley? No, because I don't want Mobley defending Jokic and Bede and even guys like Valanchunas early in his career. So I think the four is the best position for him to start his career. Okay, let's let's go to Toronto now. And uh, the Raptors have the first curveball <laughs> of what became a series of curveballs right. uh, in the draft. Not if you'd been reading my stuff or been following mm-hmm. my podcast, though. Uh, I had been saying consistently for for several months, including from the moment that the Raptors had the fourth pick, that Scotty Barnes, I saw him as the number four pick in the draft. Unfortunately, I talked myself out of it this morning. I <laughs> uh, changed it back to Jalen Suggs after just talking to a lot of people around the league that told me that I was crazy as well. Um, and it, part of it was I was hearing for quite a long time there was a relationship bes- between Masai and Leonard Hamilton, um, that he had mm-hmm. scouted S- Scotty really carefully. This is the type of prospect that Masai has liked in the past. And even though Jalen Suggs, I think, is a more traditional fit uh, when you're thinking about maybe losing Kyle, Kyle Lowry and free agency, at the end of the day, you know, Masai is going to swing for the fences and he does here with Scotty Barnes. They also get uh, Delano Banton at 46, which is another giant point guard who can't yeah. shoot. And David Johnson out of Louisville, who at one time was thought of as a potential lottery pick kind yeah. of early in the season before he sort of dwindled off into the second round. Uh, what grade give do you give the Raptors? Because I, I know that you're not a big Scotty Barnes guy. Yeah, I think that Suggs has the highest, one of the highest floors in the draft love Suggs competitiveness I would have went with Suggs but I'll give Toronto I give them a B I like what they did with with Ben maybe I'm a little biased because I'm from Nebraska but he was someone that I was high on it I I felt like if he went to the right team and the right developmental Mm -hmm. program which in my opinion Toronto has the best as far as recent memory that he could end up being something special so I think Benton was a really good choice there yeah, though that then that should also hold true for Scotty Barnes as well. So if you're yeah. thinking about a team that needs to develop him and is going to develop him the right way, then Barnes. I gave him an A. I've been a big Scotty Barnes fan. Mm-hmm. I've been a big, big advocate for him, and it's nothing against Jalen Suggs, who I also I would have been totally fine with him taking Suggs here. I probably would have given them a similar grade, but I do like that Masai had the guts yeah. to not make the pick that everybody thought he should make and make the pick that he thought was going to be the best for them. I'm a, I'm a big believer that if Scotty Barnes even gets up to like 33, 34% three-point shooting, uh, he just becomes an absolute monster in the NBA and one of my favorite uh, guys uh, in this draft. I also like the Banton pick. I think it's a little crazy. I'm not sure how how they all sort of mix together. And yeah. you know, David Johnson, I, I worry a little bit about his motor. Mm-hmm. That was sort of the thing. But if that's something you worry about. That's a huge red flag to me. Yeah, but he's a great athlete. Yeah. Uh, he is skilled. He could play both on and off the ball. Mm-hmm. I worried about his shooting, but he actually improved that his sophomore year. I worried about all the turnovers. Uh, that he had his freshman year. He still had a lot of turnovers his sophomore year, but he cut him down. Mm-hmm. I think I think there's different ways to kind of look at his season, but he did do some of the things that scouts asked him to do when he came back. And so I'm not sure that this is also not maybe a sleeper pick for Toronto, that maybe they got a first rounder in the second round uh, with uh, David Johnson. And you have to consider their track record. I mean, they've done a really good job. Even uh, last year, um, the, the kid, Jalen Harris, who... A lot of people liked him around the draft time. 
He fell, but he they got very good production out of him, and I think it's like the fifty eighth pick. All right, uh, next pick is going to be the Orlando Magic, who take Jalen Suggs uh, at five, and then uh, which isn't a big surprise. Mm-hmm. But then Franz Wagner at eight, I think it, it surprised me a little bit. Uh, so, what did you think about the Magic's draft? I thought with Suggs, I don't think that a lot of people thought Suggs would be available to them. Mm-hmm. I know me personally, I thought Suggs was pretty much a lock to go number four. They made the right choice there. I like Wagner also. I thought he would go to Sacramento. I thought they, I thought the Magic were going to end up with two wings and like Kaminga and Moody. And to my surprise, they ended up with a point guard and they ended up with a, I guess Franz can be a wing or a four. I like them. I, I'm going to give Orlando an A, an A minus. Okay, A minus. That's my grade as well uh, for the Magic at A minus. An A for Suggs for sure. I actually think that was the guy that they preferred. I love his toughness. I think that they're looking for leadership in that backcourt now. Uh, I think he can play both again on and off the ball. And so depending on how you, how you pair him with Markel Fultz, uh, RJ Hampton, Cole Anthony, it's a little bit crowded. It's very crowded. I'm assuming that they're going to address that this summer uh, though. And so that's not going to be a- as big an issue. Wagner, you know, with book night there, uh, I kind of like book night. I think when they got Suggs, maybe that that shied them away from book night. Maybe yeah. wondering how he plays in the backcourt, wanting to go bigger with the wing. The other guy that they had on the table, which I know you would not have approved of, was Zaire Williams there <laughs> uh, at um, – at eight, uh, Wagner certainly, from an analytics perspective, makes a lot of sense. He can defend multiple positions. I liked the pick. I maybe didn't love it at eight, but so I'm going to split the difference between the A for Jalen Suggs, a B for Franz Wagner, and give them give them an A minus. Yeah, the Wagner pick made a lot of sense. Him and Jonathan Isaac would give you two very good defenders on the wing. Yeah, and Wagner does a little bit of everything. I mean, before. Adding Suggs, you felt like, okay, who's the real point guard? They had mm-hmm. a bunch of combos in a sense. And I think Wagner gives them another playmaker, another guy that – or a ball mover at least, which I felt like they needed. All right. And, you know, with Bamba too, you're talking about if if he ever comes around, uh, Jonathan Isaac, uh, Mo Bamba, Franz Wagner, that's yeah, a – That's a lot of arms. That's a lot of arms. <laughs> like that's 21 lo- feet of arms. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's really, really uh, interesting. Okay. The Charlotte Hornets at 11 select James Booknight at 11, Kai Jones at 19, JT Thor at 37, Scotty Lewis at 56. What say you about the Charlotte Hornets draft? So I feel like everybody can't get an A and a B, but Charlotte to me had the best draft. Can they bring all these guys in the camp? I mean, just off the top of my head, between this year and last year's guys, that's seven draft picks. Mm-hmm. I think they had three or four in the second round last year. I like Book Knight. I thought that was a steal there. Kai Jones at 19, they they traded to get that pick. I thought that was someone that a lot of people thought they were going to take at 11. Right. So they got two guys that, I mean, at, at very good at very good places in the draft. JT Thor is a, a wild card. It's definitely a swing for the fences. And Scotty Lewis is, is another guy that, I mean, I was high on him coming into his freshman year, and I thought he was going to be a first-round pick. If he ends up developing into what I thought he was going to be at, at the 56th pick, then that's a win. But they got athletic. 
They got high defensive upside, and then they have a shot creator. So I'm giving the Hornets an A. They get an A plus for me. This was my f- single favorite uh, draft. Uh, what what the Hornets did, uh, and I just love it when you think about Lamelo Ball mm-hmm. and uh, him running the floor with Kai Jones with JT Thor. It's going to be Lob City uh, there now, and then Book Knight creating a shot, great shot creator in the backcourt. Super athletic. Super athletic. Hopefully, he can shoot the basketball. I know mm-hmm. there's some questions about that, but um, it this just, could also be a D in three years. Well, I don't think so because of Book Knight. I, I yeah. don't see Book Knight failing, and that was their that was their big swing. Yeah, I agree that Kai Jones and JT Thor are swings, and yeah. they could be swings and misses. Yeah, but if you're gonna to me develop Kai Jones, put him with a creative ball handler like Lamelo Ball, get him three or four easy baskets every night because yeah. Lamelo gets him out in transition or you know gets the lob to him. And then, you know, you develop the rest of his game. But if here's the other thing. You're right that a couple of these guys may not hit. But if Jones hits, just especially, forget JT Thor for a minute. Mm-hmm. If Jones hits and Book Knight hits yeah. and LaMelo Ball hits and it looks like he's hitting, you've got a team who could be an Eastern Conference contender uh, every year and may end up actually in the finals. And so I like the boldness of let's swing. And if these guys turn out, great. If they don't, we'll go out and try to find other players. So I'll be really intrigued. I, I know on League Pass, this is going to be a yeah, team be so that I think everybody's going to want to watch. And and I just love that that traditionally the Hornets haven't drafted that way or sort of thought about that. You know, we we got Miles Bridges. I mean, they they got a they got a ton of athletes on this team now. I, yeah, it's it's going to be really fun to watch. Uh, big big fan How of what Charlotte did. Uh, yeah, that I don't know. I mean, I I think. Um, you know, there's going to have to be some changes there. Devontae mm-hmm. Graham's a free agent. Malik Monk's a free agent. My guess is neither of those guys are coming back at this point. Um, it, it's just, I, I'm not sure, I'm not saying they're going to win this year right. or or necessarily be great this year, but man, like two, three years. Oh, it uh, could be really special. All right. I love it. All right. Well, uh, Rafi and I, Raphael and I have had our share of Built Bars uh, on this set. Built Bar sponsored uh, our live draft show. And if you didn't catch all of that, let me tell you one more time about Built Bars. They have nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited flavor. Um, Everybody has something they're passionate about. I I got coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. What did you end up what did you end up liking? I've, I've been here? killing the salted caramel, caramel. Yeah, I've had. I got a box, so I'll be snacking on them the rest of the week. Uh, I was I was digging into the coconut, and then live on set, I had a one of the mint brownies, like grasshopper or something. Yeah. Uh, but it was like a mint brownie. It was really delicious. The thing is, they taste like candy bars. So you're kind of eating this, like, oh, is it bad for me? But then you look at the the ingredients. They got 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, only four grams of net carbs. So order today and get that raspberry or mint brownie or whatever it is you like. Go to builtbar.com. Use promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com.
All right, you're listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board. I'm with Rafael Barlow at NBADraftJunkies.com and also host of the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. We were just together doing a live show. It's late night. We're here in Dallas. I'm really talking about draft grades in the Eastern Conference right now. You can also go read more about that over at NBABigBoard.com where we're going to have draft grades, uh, winners and losers, uh, live draft analysis. And then coming next week, uh, we're going to start talking about the 2022 draft. Let's move to the Pacers now. Uh, Chris Duarte at 13, Isaiah Jackson at 22 in a trade. Duarte super expected was was actually one of the few things that I got right on my mock draft uh, last night. Uh, Duarte at 13, Isaiah Jackson at 22, a little bit more of a surprise. How did you feel about the Pacers draft? You know, just looking at Duarte and Isaac, uh, Isaiah Jackson, it's like they had one of the stronger drafts. They got... Two, I mean, two different positions, two totally different ends of the spectrum. You got Duarte, who you expect to come in and be ready to contribute right away. And then Jackson is a high upside guy who, as this week, as, as we got closer to the draft, I thought, you know what? He is someone that I think is going to outplay his draft position. And I think they may have got a steal there because on my last mock, I thought he was going to end up at the back end of the lottery. All right. Well, uh Duarte at 13 felt a little bit like a reach for me, uh, given his age and several of the guys that were on the board. However, when you factor in Rick Carlisle and what he wants and a little bit of an aversion to rookies, uh, Duarte's good. Don't get me wrong. As a basketball player, I think he's great. I think he can shoot it. I think he can handle a little bit. I think he can defend multiple positions. And they needed that on the wing. Uh, They're going to lose Doug McDermott probably this summer. Mm -hmm. And and I I like the fit there that way and then like i said they did get that upside guy in isaiah jackson and we talked about this on the show that i was really impressed with his improvement at kentucky throughout the season he's the best rim protector in this draft if he adds anything else to the to the mix really great i do think it begs the question is miles turner going to be on this team uh, at the start of the season my bet is no no i mean i don't even know if he's going to be on the team a week from today you would think there's going to be some type of draft or not draft but trade on during free agency they told me you know uh, someone in indiana told me no we're not moving him but and and i don't know that they move him just because they have isaiah jackson because he's going to be a project but it just seems like that's been in the air for a while Mm -hmm. and i you know i don't know i think sabonis's best position is that is that a center so looking at the roster right now you have isaiah jackson you have miles turner Sabonis, and then Batazzi, who they just drafted a couple years ago, right. who I thought was productive when he had an opportunity to play. Are they going to carry four centers on the roster? I don't. Uh, I don't see that's that. That's a happening. great question. Okay, let's go to the Washington Wizards, who made the biggest splash in the draft by kind of doing something that was only tangentially draft related, which is that they moved Russell Westbrook <laughs> to the Los Angeles Lakers. They get back Kyle Kuzma, Montrez Harrell, uh, who opted into his deal, Contavious Caldwell Pope, but that's not why they did the deal. Uh, they did the deal to get Russell Westbrook uh, off the books, uh, mm-hmm. and he's a very, very difficult player to move. I'm not sure they had a, literally another home for him other mm-hmm. other than the Lakers. So the fact that they picked up those guys all kind of in the last year of their contracts, along with the 22nd pick in the draft, uh, is, 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 is pretty great in and of itself. Um, they ended up moving that, that pick, uh, but they ended up taking Corey Kispert at 15 and then Isaiah Todd, uh, at 31, how did you feel about the Wizards draft? I like Todd. I thought they got a good deal with Todd. I would have selected him late first round. Kispert went around where I thought he would go. 
I thought the Kispert pick would have made more sense if they had Westbrook and Bill mm-hmm. because he would be another floor spacer. But right now, it looks as if their point guard is is it um, Aaron Holiday? Aaron Holiday, the, who they traded uh, the draft rights to Isaiah uh, Isaiah Jackson for. So how I'm trying to figure out how is this team going to score? Um, Bradley Bill and who is their number you're, you're, two? Option? You're not Denny Avdia. You don't think Denny Avdia like, is going to? I like Denny, but unless they put the ball in his hands, I don't think that they're getting the best use out of him. I hated the fact that he was standing in the corner like he's a shooter when everyone knew that shooting was the one area that right. would be considered his weakness. He may be have, he may have more opportunities to play with the ball in his hands now with Westbrook being gone. So I give this – man, I, I wish Westbrook was there in a sense because I think it would have made more sense because I like Isaiah Todd as a potential as a floor spacer. But I'll give this a I'll give this a, a B. I, sh- I think that they should have been able to get at least another point guard in the trade. But I'll, I'll give it a okay. B. Okay, we forgot to get. I think we forgot to give eight grades to the Pacers. So, uh, what grade do you give the Pacers? B plus. B plus. I'm going to give them a B. Uh, the Wizards. I'm giving them a B minus. Uh, I, I again, Kispert made more sense to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly as you said with Russell Westbrook there, uh, and I just think again there were some point guards on the table that might might've been really intriguing. I do like the Isaiah Todd pick uh, at 31. The Atlanta Hawks swing for the fences twice, though when one of the picks is the 48th pick in the draft, I'm not really sure that that's much of a scary swing. They get Jalen Johnson out of Duke at 20, Sharif Cooper out of Auburn at 48. Uh, I have a crush on Sharif Cooper. I was freaking out the whole draft that that- You're you're talking about buying a team. Yeah, I was like thinking about actually (laughs) going and buying a team to draft Sharif Cooper. He ends up on the Hawks, which I think is like a perfect fit for him. What did you think of the Hawks draft? They got two guys that most people thought were first-round picks, and they got both guys – I mean, they got 20th Jalen Johnson, who was a top 10 talent, in my opinion. Okay. And then Sharif Cooper, who was, I thought at the very minimum, he wouldn't get past New York or Houston. Okay. I thought, so I thought he was going to at least be 23rd or 24th. I don't know why he fell to number 48. I think this is an A just because they got probably, you can say, the most talent per draft position. Yeah, they got two guys that at one point were both ranked in my lottery. Yeah. Uh, Shreve Cooper towards the end of the lottery, Jalen Johnson in the top 10. Uh, both of them slid a little bit, obviously, uh, in the draft. I'm I'm a little bit more concerned about what Jalen Johnson becomes and especially his fit. Yeah. They, in Atlanta, it's a little bit crowded. A lot and that crowded. Front, front court is, <laughs> yeah, you know, it especially if John Collins comes back. Mm-hmm. Um but the talent is there. Mm-hmm. I also w- worry that Jalen Johnson needs to play a particular way to really maximize his skills. The ball needs to be in his hands. I don't see that happening in Atlanta. So I wonder a little bit whether this was the right fit for him. Sharif Cooper totally can see as the backup point guard for Trey Young. That that yeah. one just makes a lot of sense to me. I, I think he's going to excel there. So it's Hometown. Yeah, as tough as it is to fall to 48, when you fall to the right team and the right opportunity, which I think Shreve Cooper did here, it probably is going to work out well for him. At least yeah. I hope it does. Jalen Johnson, I'm just less sure, so I give them an A-. minus. Let's talk about the Knicks. Knicks have the 19th and 21st pick. There's all this talk, which I think is legitimate, about them moving up, trying to get Chris Duarte. Not only did they not move up, but they trade both 19 and 21. Uh, they get the 25th pick in the draft. 
Uh, they get uh, a little bit later the uh, 34th and 36th pick in the draft uh, instead, and then they, they had already had the 58th pick in the draft. So they get Quentin Grimes at 25, uh, Rokas Yakabitis uh, at 34, Miles McBride at 36, Jericho Sims at 58. Um, tough night for Knicks fans in a certain <laughs> way because I think there was a lot of frustration like, you look forward to the draft and then mm-hmm. 19 goes away and then 21 goes away. And then, you know, Quentin Grimes isn't a particularly sexy pick at 25 with some sexy picks still left on the board. Yeah. Um, how did you feel about this draft? So when they traded 19 and then 21, it's like, what are the Knicks doing? But if you take the emotions out of it, you can say they had a pretty good draft. Yeah. Now I think Jokobitis stays over, and and uh, I think he stays in Spain. Grimes should be able to address their need for depth and, and shooting at the wing. McBride is a really good pick. I know you're high on Miles mm-hmm. McBride, and he fits what Tibbs looks yeah. for. And then Sims is is a player that I felt in college he never got any better. I remember seeing him as a freshman, thinking like, okay, maybe by the time he's after a sophomore year, he's going to be a, a first round pick he could end up being another Mitchell Robinson. Mm. Just a guy that, I mean, we know what he's going to do as, as a role man. We know he has the athleticism. If they had a different point guard that was a better setup guy, then I think he could be useful. Um, but it looks like Nerlens Noel is probably gone. And maybe, just off the top of my head, Sims could maybe be their backup center. Yeah, I warmed up to it. I was ready to give him an F. Yeah, so after that. nineteen and twenty-one, I was ready to slay them. And even when Quentin Grimes went, it wasn't it wasn't turning me because again, I thought Miles McBride was on the board and and some other guys that I just liked better. Uh, Jokovitis, I was okay with as a draft and stash guy, but again, that doesn't help the Knicks now. And then Miles McBride salvaged this draft <laughs> yeah. uh, for me. Uh, because he would have been a guy I was comfortable with picking at 19 or 21. Mm -hmm. So the fact that they got him at 35 in some ways, I can't really fault them because they ended up getting a guy that I thought was in their range and they got, and they got some additional assets by moving off 19 and 21. And so though I don't think they scripted it that way and had any idea of knowing that Miles McBride was going to be there. Uh, I it, it salvaged this, and I agree with you on Jericho Sims, that he's a really intriguing player given his athleticism and everything else. I am going to give them – oh, man, this is this is tough for me because I was going to give them an F. I was ready. <laughs> yeah. uh, I like to be mean at least once uh, in the draft, but I just can't do it anymore because they got Miles McBride. I'm going to give them a B-. minus. What did you give them? I'll give them a – I'll give them a B. They made up for it at the end. I think McBride and Grimes should be able to play as rookies, even though Tibbs isn't known for really playing rookies. But I think those are two guys that fill some needs there. I really wanted them to take Jared Butler. I thought he made mm-hmm. the most sense there. Unfortunately, he fell and, uh, and was sliding down the boards. But if they missed out on Butler and they got McBride at 35, saves them some money. I mean, okay. I, I can't say that that they had a bad draft. All right. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the person behind the counter orders their parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. 
Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? They have everything that you could need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Okay, he's Rafael Barlow, NBADraftJunkies.com, also host of the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. I'm Chad Ford. You can read my stuff over at NBABigBoard.com. We're going to have dr- uh, full draft grades over there. Uh, you're also going to be able to read uh, winners and losers, uh, live draft analysis, and coming really soon, our 2022 uh, draft coverage. Let's go with the Nets now. We're in the Eastern Conference. The Nets have Cam Thomas at 27, Dayron Sharp at 29, Kessler Edwards at 44, Marcus Zagorowski at 49, Raekwon Gray at 59. Uh, don't kill me on this podcast if they ended up trading one of these guys. It's really late at night. We were trying to put together the list the best we can. It does seem like that's too many prospects uh, for, the, for the Nets to actually have. So I don't know exactly how that works. Uh, but what did you think of this draft? Well, the Cam Thomas pick, I'm not as high on Cam as, as others, it seems like he's their replacement for Landry Shamit. So they decided to, you know, we're going to find another guy that mm-hmm. we can bring off the bench that can get buckets. I like Dayron Sharp, though. I, I like that pick there. I think he could be their center of the future, especially if he is able to maximize his talent and improve as a, as a shooter. I like the passing. Kessler Edwards was a good value pick at mm-hmm. number 44. Um, Zagorowski, I'm, I'm from Omaha, so I don't want to sound biased towards Creighton guys. And Nebraska guys. And Nebraska yeah. guys. And then Gray is is interesting. I I was saying to – I said on a previous podcast, I wouldn't be too surprised if he's this year's Xavier Tillman. Okay. But he falls so far down, and then he goes to Brooklyn – and it's like, so can, he, can he crack the rotation there, especially if Blake Griffin comes back? And then um, they had the kid, um, Reggie Perry from last year, who I thought played okay. He still had, got Claxton. So I don't know if he's going to get the opportunity to be the Xavier Tillman. And then he's a guy that, like, is he really going to develop in the G League? Like, what is, what is yeah. he going to do there? I'm going to give them a B. Yeah, I like the Dayron Sharp, Sharp, Sharp pick. I I, I, I'm okay with Cam Thomas at 27. I'm really glad he didn't go in the top 20. I, I thought that was too high for him. Uh, he was the last guy in the green room together. Uh, I do see that, you know, if you like the style of gunning that James Harden brings to the table, here's a very poor, poor man's James Harden who <laughs> is going to be trying to do the same same thing I, again. I can't wait until he waves off KD and Harden. Die, so. <laughs> He's going to wave them off. <laughs> I can't uh, wait for that. I really like Daron Sharp here. I uh, he worked out really well. Kessler Edwards, I'm I'm sort of iffy on. I think it's okay. He's okay. Zagorowski, I did not like at the combine. I liked him more in Creighton than I did at the combine. Raycon Gray was a guy that I was pretty high on as well for that mm-hmm. same sort of reasons. Xavier Tillman. Uh, so I'm giving them a I'm giving them a solid B. 
because they're drafting late in the twenties and the forties. I'm not going to, I'm not going to penalize them too much uh, there. And uh, they did get a lot of prospects, which is really interesting. Yeah. Sixers on the board, Jaden Springer at 28, Philippe Petrosev at 50, Charles Bassey at 53. How did you feel about this draft? I have no clue why you drafted two centers. <laughs> different. Centers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, totally different. Even though Bassey, I felt like he started to shoot mm-hmm. too much. Yeah. But then, uh, is it Petrusev? Petrusev. It's so late, I'm, I'm forgetting. He made a huge jump as a shooter. Mm-hmm. Like he huge. The, yeah, like it was, I forgot what the numbers were at Gonzaga, but then it was like 40% from three, and he shot a, a lot of attempts in, in Serbia. And then when I watched him at the Olympic qualifiers, even though he was playing with Tia Dosik, but he was specifically used as a role man, and he looks really good. So I think that was a good pick there. I just don't know. I've never seen a team draft two traditional, I guess you could say two traditional centers to back up their their center. Um, Springer is he, – he's very similar to some of the guards that they have there. I would have taken – we mentioned it on the live stream. I would have taken Jared Butler there. I feel like he's more so of a – ready to come in and play guy. He can knock down open shots. He can defend. I think Springer is somewhat of a project, and he's still somewhat of a combo guard Mm -hmm. like they have with Tyrese Maxey and Shake Milton and Seth Curry. I don't think they have like a real point guard. So I'm going to give them a C. Okay, a C. I'm going to give them a B minus. I like Jaden Springer. This was an analytics draft all the way. So you sometimes don't actually weirdly see that from Daryl Morey's teams. But all these guys were guys that popped analytically Mm -hmm. uh, one way or the other. Uh, Petrosev's ability to stretch the floor is intriguing. Bassey, you know, should be a rim protector. Uh, Kind of interesting. But I think this is the Springer draft for them and a guy that could play both the one and the two. I don't know if the shot translates. I mean, he, it was he shot well, but in the limited the sample time. size, yeah. but he's strong. I, I've i never quite got my handle on Jaden Springer other than to say that I think he's going to be pretty good. Uh, at 28, I certainly have no problems with the Sixers taking him here. So I'm going to give them a B-. minus. Bulls at 38. Io DeSumo uh, out of Illinois – uh, they have one pick. It's in the second round. How do you feel about this pick? I like the pick. I think that he is one. He gets to stay home, mm-hmm. stay in his. I mean, he hasn't left the state of Illinois. Yeah. Um, it whether or not he plays. I mean, this is another. I know we're saying the NBA is positionless, and he is like Kobe White. There's there's different players, but they're like not necessarily ones. Mm-hmm. But can you call them tools? And then if they're, I mean, I imagine they're going to sign a point guard in free agency. So that backcourt gets crowded. But I like his intangibles. I like how you know he's going to play hard. He had one of the best seasons on paper in college Mm -hmm. basketball this season. Coming back did not help him. I thought that everything that scouts wanted to see him address, not everything, but most of the things that scouts wanted to see see him improve on, he did. And he still ends up being a second-round pick. I like him... I don't know about this fit in Chicago. It's weird because we talk about positionless basketball and then he gets called a tweener. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it can be confusing sometimes. Like, yeah. what do you want me to do? Uh, and like, I, like you, I think he did come back and do everything that he was asked to do. Uh, he had a very successful season for Illinois. Um, 
I, I I'm okay with this pick. I think it's a B for me. Yeah. Uh, he's a backup guard that can play the one and the two in the backup. And I think at 38 to be able to get a guy that might get some minutes for you, I, mm-hmm. I think is okay. Celtics, Johan Bagarin. Yeah. Uh, out of France, uh, you're going to be the expert here. Goes 45 to the Celtics. Clearly, this is a draft and stash prospect. He actually did come over mm-hmm. and play in that G League showcase uh, uh, in Chicago. Uh, what do you think about his uh, draft prospects? He's been training here in Dallas. I, I know his agent. And he's someone that I remember sent his name as a prospect years ago. I watched him at Basketball Without Borders in 2020. He did not have a strong showing there. But he improved over the season. He was more so like this raw super athletic guard that you can just see like flashes of potential. I thought he did a good job this year of improving. I want to say his three-point percentage went up about eight or nine percent. He still has a ways to go, but he's one of the youngest guys in this class. On one hand, I see him as a draft and stash guy, but then knowing his agent, I don't understand why if he would leave him in this draft Mm -hmm. in order for him to go back. So they may have a plan. They may have plans for him there. Boston only has one pick, but then again, last year they drafted Madar, and then they stashed him. So on one hand, I can see how, okay, off the top of your head, say, okay, this is a draft and stash guy. But I think that he would have been drafted higher if he was in next year's draft. So maybe they see something, and they're going to play him in the G League. Yeah, that'll be interesting whether he's stash or G League or what have you. I do see the athletic upside, and uh, there's things I like to his game. In 45, I think it's a perfectly acceptable draft and stash pick, so I'm giving them a B. What about you? Yeah, I give them a B. Okay, uh, Bucks finally with the 60th pick in the draft. Giorgio uh, Kalazakis, <laughs> who you said you actually had on your podcast yeah, last at year one I, point. Last year, you actually yeah. had this dude on your podcast. Yeah. Uh, tell us. I think a lot of people probably don't know anything about him. Tell us what you think about him in this game. He is a a big wing that has some skills. He can play, best case scenario, if he were to come over, he would be able to play multiple positions. I think the shot is okay, but it's just his versatility. So I didn't have him on my board this year. I did not either. <laughs> so I was fortunate enough to where when I saw the name, I was like, I remember him. I remember watching this film last year. I doubt if he plays. I doubt if he comes over. He is from Greece. Maybe this is a, a <laughs> you know, it's a situation where the last time we drafted a guy from Greece, it worked out pretty well for us. Yeah, a, a versatile maybe, guy. Maybe Giannis was pushing for this. Who yeah, knows? so I wonder if he's an octagon client. But um, I don't. I just don't see him coming over and and, and really doing anything. So, so what's your grade? I'm gonna give it a. I'll give it a D. Okay, a D. I mean, that's tough with the 60th pick in the draft. Uh, but the Bucks did start this draft with the 31st pick in the draft and traded away. And I think that was actually a pretty valuable pick uh, that they ended up trading away. So I, I, I gave him a I gave him a C, but maybe the D was probably well, because I think you, know, you some kind guys of talked me into the D. That that didn't get drafted. That's that true. I thought that could possibly a- any help. anyone, any international player off the top of your head that didn't get drafted that you think <laughs> may uh, uh, you've talked me back into a D, by the way. I'm giving them a D. Yeah, so I would friends, friends Blindberg. I've been high on him. So now it's like, all right, I did all this. I was high on him, and then all of a sudden it's like, and you're, you're like, you know this it, dude. You're like, friends Blindberg's way better than this dude. Yeah, I mean, I think so. Yeah. I think friends has a, a higher upside. But even some of the uh, American prospects that that didn't get drafted, I thought could have possibly been a better fit for the Bucks. Okay. 
He's Raphael Barlow from DraftJunkies.com. I'm Chad Ford. You can read my stuff over at NBABigBoard.com. These were the Eastern Conference grades. You can also find our Western Conference grades as well. Go over, go over to NBABigBoard.com. Also, draft winners and losers. Lots of stuff coming in 2022. You've been listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. Aloha. Aloha. 